Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves takes on a current topic, bringing a behavioral lens to that subject and talking through some of the fun and relevant and maybe irreverent implications and insights that we can discern. We are behavioral science nerds who can spend hours dissecting a topic and trying to understand the behavioral science behind it. But but we're not well, going to spend hours on this one, are, are we, Tim? No, not on this podcast. Weekly Grooves is our short podcast. If you want to listen to us talk for hours, you need to listen to Behavioral Grooves, where we interview researchers and practitioners of behavioral science looking for how it, we can apply those insights into work and life. That's the long podcast. Woo, I, I, I love talking about about this stuff, but I wasn't sure if I was prepped for hours and hours and hours of conversation on it. <laughs> okay, so th- that does beg the question, what are we going to discuss in this week's Groove? Well, we talked about the Iowa caucuses last week, so why not just continue on that role and talk about the Iowa caucuses? Really? What? <laughs> I mean, come up with, can't we come up with something new? We talked about the front runner effect last week, and we still aren't even confident who the front runner is. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about the front runner event. This is going to be something new. We're okay. going to take a fun twist on this. So, if our listeners have been paying attention to the news that's going on in America this week, they might have heard about the debacle of the Iowa caucus results, how the Iowa Democratic Party had used a new app to help streamline the caucus results, but that somehow that failed and the results were not available and still uh, were not fully available for days and days afterwards. Dude, I thought that we talked about behavioral science issues. This sounds like a technology discussion. You are correct, Tim. So here's the twist. With the delay, there was a plethora of online conspiracy theories around why that delay was happening. Twitter, Reddit, and other social media sites were filled with conspiracy theories that A, the Democratic Party didn't like the results that they were seeing, so they were changing them. That the Russians or the Chinese had hacked the app and were messing with us. That the Republicans had hacked the app and were trying to rig the election. That there were rumors that Hillary Clinton had helped build the app and was getting it, uh, using it to get back at at Bernie Sanders. And of course, my favorite conspiracy theory involved that the Illuminati are taking control of our election. I think that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories and the behavioral science behind it, right? That's the idea. So let's groove on the science behind conspiracy theories. And is there anything that we can do to combat them? Yeah, good. Okay, so what can behavioral science tell us about? conspiracy theories. So let's start with a definition of conspiracy theory, yeah, right? So so Goetzel talked about conspiracy theories as the explanations for important events that involve secret plots by powerful and malevolent groups. So let's go just go look at some of the big conspiracy theories throughout time, right? JFK assassination. There was this evil thing that it wasn't a lone operator, that it was the Russians mm-hmm. or Cuba or even, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson and, and his people that went and killed JFK. And there was more people in there, right? The right. Obama birther movement the getting, classic. you know, like that, Hey, he, he isn't an American and, and he had been born in, in Africa and, and it was this big, uh, 
conspiracy to get him in there. 9-11 inside job, right? That, hey, the government actually put right. you know, explosives right. up in the Twin Towers and then flew planes into them and blew them up. Well, speaking of planes, how about chemtrails? You know, yeah. I mean, this idea that there is this power, uh, this powerful stuff in the chemtrails and the trails that come from jets that is influencing and controlling us. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you can go on and on, right? The fake moon landing, the earth is flat, Holocaust never happened. Oh, God, um, yeah. The Illuminati rule the world, uh, you know, or lizard people are running the world. That's that, that's an actual what? conspiracy theory that is out there, that, that there are reptilians ruling the world. So, so these okay. conspiracy theories happen, and they all revolve around secret plots by powerful people for evil purposes. So okay, when we why, th- why, why, why do they happen? Why, well, do we, why do we come to them? And this is where behavioral science comes in. So if you take a big picture, right, and, and you just look at this from that perspective, humans are reason-seeking machines. We mm-hmm. are built to ask why before we even fully know the what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. so with that, when when something happens, some ma- major event, and it's ambiguous, you know, we're trying to fill in the things. And oftentimes then, you know, we fill it in uh, because we, we need to seek out uh, an understanding of, of our environment, right? We have this ep- ep- uh, estimic kind of element. We have this uh, need to feel safe and in control. And we also want to maintain a positive image of ourself and of the social groups that we belong to. Right. So we we place these things on it because, you know, we're pattern-seeking people, right? Yeah. And so, so, so with the Iowa caucuses, we could just you, you talked about three really basic things. We want to understand our environment, right? This is an epistemic approach. So, so in, in explaining what what happened, right? We're going to say it's going to be easy for people to look at the the you know mucked up results with the Iowa caucuses and say, oh, the way that we explain the environment is that there was something governing this. There was some malevolent hand behind behind this, uh, you know, and that then the second part, the existential part being, you know, this idea of being safe or in control of our environment. Well, this is clearly putting us out of safety. You know, this is throwing us off. So it must be a malevolent, uh, there must be a malevolent involvement. And then the social side, uh, the third part is maintaining this positive image of ourselves and our social group. Then we have to, we, we're going to have an in-group, out-group thing, right? We're going to say that, uh, oh my gosh, the Democrats, you know, weren't, the, the people who are actually running it weren't to blame, but there must be some outside force that's trying to get in and and, and hurt us, right? Well, and, and particularly on that last piece, if you think if you are depending upon where your candidate um, ended up or in those results, right? So you get into this component. If your candidate is in front, well, then there's no conspiracy theory. If your candidate doesn't uh, perform like they should have, like they were expected to perform or that you wanted them to perform at, well, then there has to be a reason. It wasn't because the candidate and and all the work that you did as a supporter of that candidate was was wrong and and bad and didn't work. It was that there were this outside controlling forces in there. So I think that that's really interesting, right? It goes back to Annie Duke and resulting and various different things. Oh, yeah. We we try to, you know, look at the result and then figure out, you know, the process. And we're not very good at that. And so we can put in these conspiracy theories around that. Well, I we think, also know, though, that there is a personality. There's some personality traits, right, that are connected, right? Exactly, exactly. So, or that are at least more likely to give themselves to conspiracy theories, right? Right. So, so Lanchian uh, talked about in a, in a study from 2017, said that personality traits such as openness to experience, distrust, 
low agreeability, and Machiavellism are associated with conspiracy beliefs, right? So when you think about that, it's that, you know, these personalities that that have this greater need for security that already have the sense of distrust that are kind of self-focused uh, are more likely to, to to fall prey to conspiracy theories. <laughs> Sounds like a definition of Gen X. <laughs> hey, now, come on. I'm a Gen Xer. That's not how I feel or, or think. Well, maybe it is. Anyway, but but the the big piece here that I want to make sure that we 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 cover is that it's not it, it, this can happen to all of us, right? And there's been research about that. The you know Karen Douglas and and Robbie Sutton did a study about Princess Diana death. I'm not going to get into it, but basically you know giving students you know a couple things, and all of a sudden you know just by presenting conspiracy theories, people were you know more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. So actually hearing them lends you to to then mistrust the actual facts of, of, of things. So you're well, getting into just, that. Yeah. Let me just give you a quick, uh, conspiracy theory test. Let me just, okay. th- this, this gets back to, uh, Eric Oliver, uh, who was interviewed by, um, what was it? Paul Rand on Big Brains. I think oh, Big Brains. Great, great podcast. Great podcast. Super shout out to him. But, but Eric Oliver is at the university of Chicago and he said, so think about this. It, it uh, would which which would be worse for you to spend some time in the pajamas that are completely laundered and clean that were once worn by Charles Manson or to pick a nickel up off the ground and put it in your mouth? All right. So let me get this straight. I'm wearing um, laundered pajamas by Charles Manson, the the cult leader that, you know, the cult killed lots of people in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're clean. But, they're they're nice clean. pajamas. Right. The, All right. Pick these or or any... pick up a nickel off of the ground. Now, is it nice, a clean floor? Is it a dirty floor? Doesn't matter. No, outside. Outside, right, on, the, outside on, the, on the dirty ground. Yeah. All and right. put it in your mouth. And put Oh, put it in my mouth. Okay. Yeah. So so what does this prove? So if I, I'm going I'm wearing those I'm wearing the pajamas. Right. Then, then you're probably not. If you're willing to wear the pajamas, then you're probably not willing to give into magical thinking. Eric Oliver, magical Clark. thinking. Yeah, magical like thinking. Like unicorns and, and fairies and yes, yeah. It's. I mean, it's one thing to to kind of do that as a kid, but as we grow up, we know that unicorns and fairies don't actually exist, and and what? there is no actual magic power that Charles Manson put into his pajamas that will transfer to you when you put them on, even after they've been laundered. <laughs> so, but but the the thing is that conspiracy theorists are much more likely to say, oh my gosh, I would rather pick up a nickel off the ground and put it in my mouth. Okay. When I'm still getting over the fact that there's no such things as unicorns and fairies, but you know, I, I guess I'll just go on. You can do it. Hang but, in but there. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting facet, right? Where we're looking at, you know, the way that we we attribute causality, because that's a lot of what this is, is looking, we are causal explanation or people that want causes for things. We want to explain things because there's a cause and an effect. And so with that, uh, you know, the way that that cause and effect happens can be, you know, sometimes magical or sometimes based in reality. So, okay, well, let's talk about some of the psychological aspects of this, right? Right. What are the so, things that they contribute to? to so, this? As, as again, as humans, we're pattern seeking, right? There's this concept of of pareidolia, right? And I know I just mispronounced that, but uh, pareidolia is this uh, tendency for our brain to impose patterns on random data, such as an image of an ink blot or of a cloud, and so. We're searching for those patterns, right? Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, so if we are, in the case of the IO caucuses, we're probably going to be saying, "Well, 
what, what malevolent forces would want something bad to happen? Oh, we're going to, again, we're going to start to fill in the blanks with, with an irrational response before we even understand what actually happened. Which you get it, which is the next piece, which is this fundamental attribution error, which is this idea that we, we project on others, um, other people's behavior, an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control. So, it, so what that means is that you know if somebody does something bad, um, we attribute it to their own personality, their their internal workings. Versus if we end up, you know, like if we're speeding down the highway, you know, it's because of an external event. It's not because I'm a speeder and I'm a bad person and putting people's lives in at risk. I am going fast because I need to get, you know, to this appointment or other external factors. And we don't necessarily do that for others. So in this pattern recognition component, tied with this fundamental attribution error, we're finding patterns and we're attributing it to a nefarious kind of rationale. So in the Iowa caucus, you know, there's a delay. There's a, a longer delay. There's another delay. There's this pattern of delays. And why is that delay happening? Going back to this, what's the what's the reason? We're trying to put a reason in there. Now the fundamental attribution error is going because they're trying to do something negative with the results and the results aren't showing up like whatever the the people in power are trying to 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 have. So right, that right. aspect. Absolutely. And that also connects us to this this sense that we like to have a feeling of control. Right. right. We like, uh, you know, uh, we like to believe that we are in control to, to some degree because we because our control will help keep us safe. Right. Um, and so the explanations that we create around this this chaos or confusion are intended to uh, to help keep us safe and keep us feeling safe. Right. At least in some cases. And again, going back to the personality aspects of this, right? People who are more anxious, um, are more uh, alienated and socially isolated, uh, are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. So, um, right. and, and that we turn. So there's been studies that show that people are likely to turn to conspiracy theories when they're anxious or that, uh, you know, conspiracy belief is strongly related to a lack of social political control or a lack of psychological empowerment, right? right? So when we get those pieces together and combine that with this pattern recognition, the fundamental attribution error, and then tying in, I think one of the biggest reasons we have conspiracy theories is motivated reasoning. Oh, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So when you think about motivated reasoning, it's uh, if the going again back to resulting with Annie Duke, um, I have this, uh, I have an outcome that I want and the outcome isn't what I, it, what it happened, the actual outcome isn't what I thought it would be. Now I have to justify that. So there's a motivated reasoning. So I'm looking for things to attribute the cause of that to. And again, going back to the Iowa caucuses, right? My candidate didn't win. Right. And it's not because of, you know, the candidate was bad or wrong or doesn't, you know, jive with the the populace. It's because somebody's messing with the results in the yeah. end. So if I'm if I'm in the uh, Sanders or Buttigieg camp, I'm more likely to dismiss uh, any any kind of uh, conspiracy theories. But if I'm in the Biden camp, you know, I, I might be more willing to say, you know, there, there might have been some foul play here. Right. So the, so scholars have suggested that conspiracy theories uh, valorize the self or the in-group by by saying that the blame 
for the negative outcome can be attributed to others. So it, it's this aspect of upholding our own positive self-image, the positive self-image of the group, um, and saying, yep, we're, we're competent, we're good. It's all these other factors out there that are driving these, these bad results. So yeah. that, that happens. And right. all, all that said, by the way, there are actual cover-ups. We, we, I think we should take a minute to just acknowledge that actual cover-ups do happen. They right. do. And actually, that lends itself into, again, people saying, you know, believing these pretty, what can be pretty outlandish conspiracy theories because they can point back to, well, you know, there were actual cover-ups. I mean, you look at Snowden, you look at some of the other, you know, whistleblower things that have come out. There right. have been cover-ups and oftentimes by the government, oftentimes by people in power trying to maintain that power and they have the power to do it. Roswell, right? I mean, yeah, it the, was the UFO sightings and the right. So you know yeah. what? Uh, I, you know, Roswell had this this conspiracy theory around uh, a UFO crash there back in the late 1940s, and and that's the conspiracy theory that came up. When the reality, there was a cover up. The cover up was actually there was a program about a uh, U.S. program to kind of spy on Russian nuclear activity. And they covered that crash up and made up some, you know, weather balloon story. And that mm. was then debunked. And so now you're saying, well, see, that was debunked and there was an actual cover up. That could happen here. Uh, it, Yeah. And with the Iowa caucuses, there is, uh, boy, there's so much desire to save face. You know, that uh, I, I don't think that anyone in the Democratic Party wants to uh, look like they're screwing up right now. So I think that the motivations of the individuals who are involved in, in, in all of this are really well intended and that the likelihood of something nefarious coming in and getting under their skin and them not, not saying, oh, my gosh, this is it actually happened because of some other outside force and just coming clean with that in the news, I think is really rare. I think the more the more likely explanation is that this was ineptitude. It, you know? it is. But now if you are a conspiracy theory believer right we you you tend to have what's called a closed belief system no, and the closed yeah. belief system is that you think that all actions and outcomes are deliberate and intended so this is the part where uh you know what hey your your refutation the 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 evidence that you give me to refute my conspiracy belief is actually part of the conspiracy so, <laughs> right, so right. all evidence, you know, any evidence that can prove the conspiracy to be wrong or false becomes part of the bigger conspiracy. And yeah. so you have this built in, you know, element that says it doesn't matter what you show me because you're just part of the conspiracy itself. Yeah, this this tends to make conspiracy theories, theorists really good at arguing their points because they're not really interested in arguing the truth or f discovering the truth. They're just interested in, in persuading you that they're they, they've got a, a solid argument. Right. right. Yeah. They're not after the truth. They're just no. after making sure that they're saving face. Yeah. All right. So so with that, Tim, how, how do we how do we inoculate ourselves against, you know, falsely believing in these conspiracy theories? What are some things that we can do? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is to uh, get beyond the headline. Right. Get beyond just the, the general statement and look at the research. Look at how the research was done. You know, how was it reported? Look at the credibility of sources, those kinds of things. I think you got to start with getting beyond just the, the splash of the clickbait. Right. And then I, I think that there's a, a, you know, adding on to that. 
there's this aspect of saying, all right, so for the for the conspiracy theory to have worked, you know, what would have gone, what would have been uh, viable for, to make it work? So, for instance, when you think about the moon landing was faked, well, how many NASA employees had to be in on the conspiracy theory? Right. If you think about, you know, even the Iowa caucus piece, right? So what had to go into it? And, and wow, is that, is that more believable than, you know, maybe ineptitude or, or just, you know, something being messed up? So I think that is a a big piece. Um, And I think there's also this aspect of giving people control, right? So from a way to inoculate ourselves is this ability to, you know, it's been shown that, that, hey, when you have more, when feeling a more control, you are less likely to believe. So if there's anything we can do to give a sense of control to, to yourself or to others, that will help in inoculating. It's not a cure-all. We're all mm. susceptible, but it will help in, in, in making sure that we're not falling false prey. In the case of the Iowa caucuses, it, transparency would go a long way at helping people feel like, oh, I, I, I can see the process, I can see what happened, uh, and that can give us more of a sense of, oh, people were acting with integrity. They tried, uh, but they were just inept <laughs> or, or some maybe stupid. Right, which goes to Hanlon's uh, razor, right, oh, which yeah. is this yeah. whole, this a statement, right, that says, never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by stupidity or ineptitude. God love Robert Hanlon. Wow. I mean, it is it is a wonderful statement that I use often. And to think about this, right? There is probably ineptitude or stupidity involved in almost all of, you know, many of these cases, right? Yes. And just in our everyday life, if something bad happens to us, you know, let's not fall to the fundamental attribution error. Let's apply Hanlon's razor and if it's more likely, if it's adequately explained by, you know, stupidity or ineptitude, probably the more likely case. Absolutely. All right. Okay. All right. So, so let's wrap this up. So to recap, there are a number of scientific reasons that people believe conspiracy theories. We are pattern-seeking creatures. We don't like uncertainty and we want to fill it and have a feeling of control or of certainty. This also plays into our motivated reasoning. We we don't like the results, so there needs to be a nefarious reason that it happened, right? We commit the fundamental attribution error about people's intent, and we put that nefarious reason on them. So going negative is more easy for humans than, than going positive in most instances. So we will hear a, a twig snap, and it's the saber-toothed tiger as opposed to our friend just sneaking up on us. And so it's a that's a part of our... Uh, you know, in our DNA and, and how we, we respond. There are certain personality traits that are more likely to buy into conspiracy theories because of their need for certainty and distrust of authority. And conspiracy theories persist because we have a closed belief system where we can attribute any evidence against that belief as part of the conspiracy itself. So we can help overcome our susceptibility to conspiracy theories by looking past the headlines and looking at the research to make sure that it stands up to scrutiny. If we can provide ourselves or others a greater feeling of control, that helps inoculate us against these far-fetched ideas. And finally, just remember Hanlon's razor. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity or ineptitude. 
Great. So that wraps up this episode of Weekly Grooves. And since we're still new, this is our fourth episode, we need to get the word out. So please, please share this with a friend, post about it on social media, link to it if you can. And of course, we'd very much appreciate a quick review if you like. Also, if you want to give us feedback directly, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Tim can be reached at T. Houlihan, and I can be reached at What Motivates. We would love to hear from you. So go out and have a great week.